Hello and welcome to the Wellness Trinity Podcast, where we interview top holistic experts and bring you natural solutions for modern day wellness. Let's get started with your host, Dr. Jacqueline. Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining the Wellness Trinity Podcast. I'm Dr. Jacqueline from thewellnesstrinity.com, where we provide natural solutions for modern day wellness. We are continuing our women's health series on the Wellness Train podcast today with Julie Kaanapu from ProHealthShare.com. And we are going to discuss how to jumpstart healthy habits and lose belly fat now. Just a little disclaimer before we get started. What we discuss in this podcast is for entertainment purposes and educational purposes only. What you do with the information is to be used at your discretion as the recommendations are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any diseases. This episode was brought to you by Cellcore Biosciences. Creating solutions that work is what they do and restoring hope and health is who they are. Are you having a hard time conceiving? Are you concerned about raising healthy children? Would you like to age gracefully? These are all concerns that many women have. And in order to have healthy pregnancies in children and age gracefully with youthful skin, vibrant wellness and incredible joints, we need to thoroughly cleanse the body in this day and age because there are more than 85,000 chemicals that are just plaguing the earth. And these chemicals cause a whole slew of problems. And a lot of it is related to the backup in the liver that causes diminished hormone production. Cellcore Biosciences protocol systematically removes layers of infections and toxins, thus fully cleansing the body. It gets you back to homeostasis where your body is happiest and healthiest when done correctly. I am happy to be on this protocol and I'm actually waiting to get pregnant because I want myself and my husband to be thoroughly cleansed before I even think of having a baby. And I don't fear growing old and falling apart because I know that if my body is at homeostasis, it's going to be just fine. I was told I look 10 years younger in my new headshot, so this stuff works. To learn more about the cell core protocol, go to thewellnesstrinity.com slash cell core detox. So I met Julie on, um, on LinkedIn, actually. So I found that LinkedIn has been a wonderful resource of meeting new people uh, in business and health and wellness that have similar businesses that we can just, we can expand together and, and grow from each other as well and be able to spread the message of hope and healing to more people. So I've been very blessed to have her in my life in the last month or two as I've been um, getting to know what she's doing and partnering with her with Cellcore and and then also doing different podcasts like this to, with her. So Julie has a bachelor's degree from the University of Oregon in sports medicine and a minor in biology. She is trained in BioTE Medical's method of hormone and health optimization. She is a certified practitioner of WorldLink Medical's hormone accredited course a certified master health and wellness coach and a lifestyle medicine coach through the Health Coach Institute, a graduate of Functional Nutrition Lab approved by the NANP. She's been certified as a personal trainer, boot camp, hip hop instructor, and she's also a speaker. If you decide that you're interested in her program today, it's the Lose Belly Fat 21 Day Reset Cleanse. You'll receive 10% off if you go to her website, prohealthshare.com slash health dash app slash the wellness trinity. I'll put that link in the show notes. So Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Jacqueline. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. 
Yeah. So like I said, it's been a, a real blessing getting to know you. I, I love your spirit. Um, I, I just, I sense your kind heart and that you genuinely want to help people. And you have this fabulous program that you're doing. How did you get into this field in the first place? Oh gosh. Um, thanks for asking. You know, I've been all over the health industry for about the last 20 plus years and started in physical therapy. And I loved working with patients and seeing them improve physically, but it always seemed like they needed a pain medication, which was granted, of course, um, needed initially, but had a hard time getting off of them or figuring out how to get back to normal, how to get back to their main job that maybe they you know, had an injury from. And then I started working on pain management protocols working with providers across the nation um, on doing these protocols. And one doctor asked me at the time, said, Julie, what are the doctors doing about hormones? And I honestly kind of probably looked like a deer in headlights. And I said, you know, I don't know. What are you doing right now? You know, what's working for you? And he said, not much. I'm doing what I was taught in med school. I'm doing um, conventional methods like uh, patches, creams, injections. And patients just aren't getting very much better. Um, they aren't seeing, or I'm not seeing the outcomes that I want them to. And I know that every pain medication or any medication um, really depletes the body of natural hormones, vitamins, or minerals. And it really kind of got me on this mission of education and kind of fast forward, found the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I came across two of the world's largest training companies, medical training companies, and just dove in um, five, you know, head first in regards to learning about hormones and optimization, and that a lot of times these did start depleting for women in our 20s, men in their 30s, and partnered with over 4,000 different providers now across the country and helping patients understanding a little bit more, giving them more little empowerment. So when they do go to providers, they have better questions to ask mm. and just putting a little more control back into patients' lives. And it's just been really eye-opening for me personally, as well as my family. Um, I'm a, a user, a patient, um, you know, and an amazing partner with other providers, but um, I, I just love to speak about it and educate more. So that's kind of how I founded ProHealthShare is just to bring more education and options because I think we all like to have options to be able to choose from what's going to work best for you. Yeah, you know, I think that the you hit the nail on it with questions. That's so important that if you don't even know the proper questions to ask, how are we going to find the right answers, right? And there's so many things that are out there with weight loss and health and wellness and et cetera. And people can get so lost in this rabbit hole and not even know where to turn. And there's a diet for everything. It seems like I got lost into it for a long time. I didn't even like to promote anything with diet because I was just, a little confused myself. <laughs> and now I get it. People are different and need different things. So, I mean, that's why it's so confusing. And then also at the end of it, then certain people need similar things as well. So it's very interesting being a, um, a health provider in this space. I feel like you wanted to mention something. Oh, no, no, just, I totally agree. Yes. Oh yeah. When we're talking about belly fat, um, you have three main areas that, that you like to talk about that are important. What are they? There's three main areas that I teach my clients through my 21 day reset, you know, lose belly fat cleanse. And the first one is toxins and habits. How did we get here in the first place? You know, we got to kind of look backwards a little bit before we can move forwards. And the increasing amount of toxins that we have, along with the habits that we've 
endured and, and why and understanding that. Um, the second thing is metabolism and hormones. How do we speed up in our metabolism? Why does it slow down? What do our hormones have to do with that and which hormones? And then the third thing is food, really. What do we eat and how do we eat it? Now, that might sound a little funny. The what I'm sure a lot of people get, but the how... Most people think, well, I open my mouth, I insert food. Yeah, of course. We've been doing it you know, from, from the beginning. But there's a big difference. And I'll give a couple um, hints or tidbits today that you can take home and you can start practicing right now. And how we eat can make a huge difference, actually, without even changing what you eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I agree. It's not just changing our diet. It's how we're combining foods, um, when we're eating it during the day, if we're eating before bed. I mean, there's so many things to think about even soaking nuts. I, I don't, if people eat nuts and seeds, it helps to digest it better. So we're definitely going to touch on the food, but I wanted to first touch on, um, toxins and habits. How do our toxins and habits affect our hormones? Well, hugely. Um, I'm sure a lot of us have heard of estrogen dominance or having too much estrogen. And a lot of that derives from these outside toxins and they act like estrogens or they attach to that estrogen receptor site and then they clog everything up. I use uh, what I love, a great analogy. I don't know if I'm dating myself or not, but I Love Lucy. If anybody is as aware of I Love Lucy and, and all the episodes, there's an episode when her and uh, Ethel were working in a chocolate factory and they were on this factory line, right? And the chocolates were coming in through slow and they would put them in the, in the little wrapper and place it in the box and they would continue to do this. And that's what I state that the chocolate represents a toxin and ethyl or Lucy is your liver, right? So the liver is able to take the chocolate or the toxin, put it in the bag and get rid of it or put it in the box. But then the conveyor belt starts speeding up. And that's just your environment. It's what you breathe. It's what you drink in water. It's what you breathe in your air. It's what you sit in your clothes and your bedding all night from uh, your dryer sheets and everything else you do. So this conveyor belt starts speeding up and now they can't take in and maintain what's coming through. So she starts stuffing them down her shirt, starts putting them in her mouth and it's just toxic chocolate is going everywhere. So that's what I talk about in regards to toxins and how your liver is a great filtering source. But when we have too much, it can't control that anymore. So then it starts spilling over. And that's where we have these excess toxins that are acting like estrogens and um, not allowing our bodies to do really what they're normally meant to do. And that those symptoms, of course, becomes with brain fog, excess belly fat, harder to lose weight, poor sleep, irritability, mood swings, anxiety, joint pain. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. So why do you think this gets worse and worse as people get older? Well, a couple reasons. As we age, our hormones naturally decline, but also do we age faster because our hormones decline? Kind of that chicken and the egg. But also what what our environment is. You know, there's over 80 plus thousand chemicals that are pumped into the U.S. every single year and it keeps adding on. So it's kind of inevitable. We're all going to be around toxins, but it's how we are able to process those toxins. You know, how often are we doing a cleanse? What type of cleanse um, is it right for you? So as we age, it's kind of inevitable to be around toxins because 
we live and, and breathe it every day. But it's the small things that count. And I think a lot of people are looking for that one or two big shift that fixes it all. And it's really not. There's, you know, I'm not here to say there's any one extreme diet pill. There's not one thing you can do. It's a bunch of small little things. Mm. And when you're getting used to doing the small little things, it makes a big difference on the end. And my last analogy on that point is if you think about an airplane and if it's flying straight ahead, but if it shifts just one degree off over time, it may not look like much now, but over time you're going to end up in a complete different destination. So, and that's what I'm trying to get, you know, people to be aware of is these small little one degree shifts that'll put you in a huge benefit in the long run. Oh yeah. Well, even the opposite of it, you know, I asked, why does this get worse as, as time goes on in our life? I mean, if we just keep filling the bucket with toxins and filling it and filling it, like you said, it's like that conveyor belt where the liver just can't handle it anymore. People think, oh my God, I was okay yesterday I was, and now I'm not. And it's not, it's not that simple. You don't just get that symptom all of a sudden. It's over years of repetition of being exposed to different toxins and the various different ways that we're exposed to. And then all of a sudden, then it's that conveyor about where we're just like, <laughs> like this and, and not being able to handle anything very well, let alone make our hormones. I mean, you know, when I'm working with people, that's like the tip of the iceberg that we're dealing with. There's all this other stuff that's underneath that needs to be cleaned up and dealt with if people are going to be able to do anything right with their, their um, hormones, but also their mental health and so on and so forth. So what you're saying with the little things are so important. You know, I'm sometimes get overwhelmed by the bigger picture of anything in my life. I'm just like, oh, I wish I was over here now. Or, or, I already see the vision, but I'm like not there. And then I get overwhelmed in whatever area it is. It's like, I they feel like I do it with a lot of things and I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> um, and then I get back to that point where it's like you chip away one step at a time. And then that's what gets you to your goal, right? That's what gets you to that weight loss. That's what gets you to feeling better, et cetera. Um, I believe it was this lady, Linda, I, when I went to Hippocrates Health Institute, she had mentioned that she had said something like, how do you move a mountain? One rock at a time. You don't just, you know, move the whole mountain. You, you take, you chip away at it. Right. So that's what we need to think about our health health. And I, I love that your program is really designed in a way that can help chip away at that. Um, can you give us an idea of some of the, the toxins? Like if someone's doing your program, what, what is some of those baby steps that people are looking at? Well, so in regards to the program, what I'm looking at in a short time period, how do we become more aware figure out what food is right for you and what do you do on the go forward. So when it comes to figuring out the right type of food, I guess if that's what you're asking, um, we first have to kind of start from scratch as best we can. So that's where the elimination phase comes in. And, and my program has three phases and first it's going to eliminate. So eliminate the junk. Um, it's not a, you know, total fast. It's not a juice cleanse. There's benefits and everything, but we're just trying to reduce the most common irritant foods. And then there's a reintroduction phase. So then you're trying to reintroduce and figure out what foods you're feeling good on, what foods maybe you're not, because not every single food that's good is good for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, a good friend of mine had called and said, you know what, I'm, I'm eating healthy, all these healthy foods and vegetables. And, you know, I'm, I'm so gassy or just bloated all the time. So I was trying to break down what foods she was eating and she was eating a ton of asparagus. Asparagus is a great food. However, not necessarily for her or in the amount that she was eating. So we backed off on that and she saw a good benefit. So 
even though the program is kind of one, it's really trying to address your individual goals and your individualized, what I call magic plate. And that's one of my four bonuses that I have too, is figuring out, okay, now we're on the go forward, trying to figure out what habits we have, why we have them, because there's a good reason actually behind each habit. Um, And then figuring out a why, figuring out how can we refocus that habit into a healthier option and also still have the fun, right? So people, I think, coming into this have this either-or mentality. It's either I can be healthy or I can have fun. Well, why can't we have both? We can't. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think, honestly, um, you know, I just love that you mentioned that, first of all, because... That was the first thing I was thinking about when I decided I was going to try to eat healthy when I was about 18 years old. Before that, um, my mom maybe maybe gave us some broccoli and I don't know, God knows what I was eating at that point. (laughs) Um, But I went off to college and I naturally just wanted to be healthy. I I got in a personal training at a young age and um, and then um, actually just weightlifting in general. And then right away, I became a personal trainer. And so health and wellness and food was always kind of on my mind at a, at a younger age. Um, and well, I, I should say compared to a lot of people, some people are just naturally gifted with <laughs> that in their family, which that's how I'll raise my kids. But I, I didn't realize this until my eight, I was about 18. And that's when my journey, I think really started. Um, but my first thing with food was there's gotta be a way to eat food that we like that tastes good too. (laughs) And I was very pleased to find out that that's true. You know, you just have to figure out how to make it. And first of all, it is food that is organic and does not have pesticides, hormones, et cetera. All that stuff that does not belong in our food actually really does taste a lot better because that's how God intended it to be. (laughs) It's amazing. You know, you, you could eat one, (laughs) one thing, a watermelon. I mean, and you're like, savoring that thing because it's exactly how or more more about how it should be than you know when those other types of versions with GMOs etc that don't belong in it so right. there's a, there's a reason why it tastes tastes good or we're we're attracted to things that our body needs so since we're talking about food right now do you want to dive in a little bit more on on the food topic sure yeah i can duck, duck down um we were talking about that third step food, what to eat and how we're eating it. We kind of, you know, obviously touched about what initially, but the how here's a, here's a quick tidbit. (laughs) When I first talked about how we're eating, you know, and someone said, um, I open mouth insert food, but a few things that you can do, even if you aren't changing what you eat, but how you eat, I talk about a 20 minute meal in another presentation, but I'm going to free guide, a guidebook, 20 minute meal sounds pretty easy and it can be, but it's pretty funny when we have something called, uh, I call it CBDR. It's the cephalic phase digestive response and your whole digestion or digestive flow, I guess actually starts before food even enters your mouth. And so many of us are so busy that we're eating on the run. We're eating in the car. We're eating while we're watching TV. And not that that's bad, but the one thing I ask is becoming more aware. You deserve to 
have that lunch break. You deserve to have that family meal time. You deserve to have a healthy breakfast, whatever time that is for you. But when you do decide to eat, being able to take a little appreciation, whether that's through prayer, whatever you believe, or just smelling your food, that creates digestive enzymes in your mouth. That's the beginning of cephalic-based digestive response. And also breathing. So many of us are in this fight or flight stress situation and our body cannot digest food if we're in that stressed high cortisol situation. So if you are eating on the run or because you're trying to scarf it down and work on something and you're in that stressful state, your body is going to store that because it needs blood to be able to be ready in the muscles because your body doesn't realize the difference between the old time running from a tiger versus stress state sitting down in front of your computer. So being able to do what I call the 557 is just a breathing technique you can do anytime throughout the day. No one knows you're even doing it and can put you in that calm state where you can start now digesting your food and use it as energy and burn it. So the 557 is just a simple inhale, breath, breath, deep breath for five seconds, hold it for five seconds, and then exhale for seven. Do it three, five, ten times as many as you want. That puts you in a relaxed state before you start eating your food. So one, appreciation, smell it, <laughs> smell your food, prayer, whatever it might be. Take a breath. And then the third is chew. And that sounds well, of course I chew my food. But a lot of times we are eating so fast that we're not chewing or breaking it down so we can absorb it. We're not necessarily what we eat, we're what we absorb. Mm-hmm. So chewing your food more times, just take uh, the next time you eat, just observe how you normally eat without changing anything and see how many times you chew your food. If it's less than 20, depending on the big bite size or small bite size, I encourage you to just increase how many times you chew and starting to try to get in that habit. And then the last thing is I want you to, as a little fun experiment, time yourself. Time yourself by the time you start eating, sit down, don't change anything, and then see how long it took you to finish that meal. The idea is to extend that meal for 20 minutes. Now, I told my husband this. He's like, I'm going to need a lot more food to make it last that long. (laughs) That's not the point. The point is to slow down, chew your food, have conversation during a meal. That's the great thing about sitting down with family or a friend. So I did this the first time. I'm like, I don't know if it's 20 minutes. I bet I'm probably about 10 or 15. Yeah, it was three minutes. I ate my meal in three minutes. I wolfed that down. I looked around like, where's the rest? It, It was gone already. So I've really helped, you know, me and my kids, I'm at them all the time, like slow down, chew your food. So sometimes I don't always hit 20 minutes and that's not a bad or a good thing. It's just being aware. Mm -hmm. So encourage yourself to time yourself and try to extend your meal longer than normal. Couple minutes, the following meal, couple more minutes, you know, the following meal and the following week. So those are the things that will really help how you eat, absorb better instead of store it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, as you're saying that I'm thinking food is a toxin too, if it's not digested all the way. Uh, mm-hmm. We talk about chemicals. We talk about uh, things like viruses nowadays is a hot topic, right? But what about the fact that we have so much undigested food in the first place? This is just going to exacerbate anything else that we're exposed to. So that's, that's step one. I mean, if people are not digesting their food well, then you just create this whole storm of 
a bunch of other things that could be wrong. And, and then the congested liver. I mean, we talked about the congested liver too. So it, we're, we're, our, our liver is not going to be very happy if we are not digesting our food very well. Um, obviously, there's other reasons why our food cannot digest well, which you know we can maybe touch on. But at the same time, it starts in our mouth. But we have a big food too, basically. It goes from our mouth to our anus. <laughs> and so if this part is not right, then it's going to screw up everything else that's going on here. And then what about our bloodstream and our brain and everything else that is it's supposed to, you know, that food is supposed to be liquefied and, and delivered to the nutrients too. And we can just imagine why our hormones would be messed up as a result if we're not digesting all our fat, for example. Our liver is congested because our food is not digested. Then we're not going to um, break down our fat. And then we're not going to be able to produce our hormones. Let's talk about the hormones and metabolism a little bit since we're on that note. How can we speed up our metabolism? I had kind of felt like, I looked back the last couple of decades and really felt like I tried everything that was going through that fad or that phase and, you know, the newest research and all of this. And kind of looking over time, one of the myths that I had come up found, you know, um, that I was deceived by is... If you look at back in the 70s, the amount of cancer, diabetes, obesity was really quite rare. And it has completely increased now over the you know, next uh, couple decades and new generation. And you got to think kind of why? Aren't we more advanced in medicine and research and understanding now than ever? And if you look at the marketing around the 70s and 80s, that food pyramid, the advertising that we saw all the time, you know, the amount of grains and, and wheats and, and then dairies and everything that we were eating and it's small amounts of fats and sugars. The sugars I agree upon, but the fats, it almost, that pyramid should almost be flipped upside down, right? Where we have more healthy fats, vegetables, proteins, and limited on the grains, um, not carbs in general, but just the, the grains of the gluten. And there was all of this, you know, snacking and all the snacks came out. And I always thought of, okay, we're going to keep your metabolism up, right? Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Well, it's what you eat for your first meal of the day. Um, and kind of the timing, you don't have to eat breakfast just because it's morning and just because you woke up. Now, if you're hungry, yes, eat. If you're not hungry, don't feel bad that, oh, I skipped breakfast and it's not a bad thing. You know, you can look at intermittent fasting because as we snack, you got to think about our insulin, right? Our pancreas is increasing insulin and trying to get the blood sugar into the cell, which the liver also has to take those fatty acids and either do one of two things, store it or burn it. And that snacking keeps a consistent insulin in your, in your bloodline or your blood sugar stays consistent. Some people need that, but it's, it's depending on what you eat too. So I'm kind of all the way around the board here, but when you, if you're able to look more at having three different square meals a day, if you're one that snacks throughout the day or grazes throughout the day, I encourage you to maybe try not changing the amount that you eat or even what you eat, but the timing that you eat it. Put it more in three big groups. So you give yourself an insulin spike when you eat, which is normal, but you also allow it to drop and go back to that fat burning zone. When we're in a constant state of this insulin, we're trying to cram it into the cell. And that's where the cell's receptors can be insulin resistant, right? Um, so where our cells are already full because the liver is full and then we're trying to cram it in, which 
makes us store more fat. And we're not doing a lot of diabetics or pre-diabetics justice and giving more insulin versus looking at how and what to eat. A lot of dispelled myths and everything around that. And I was kind of crowned crown the board, but the biggest thing is eliminate as many snacks as you can. Unless you're, if you're a training athlete and you need more, you know, then of course it, it needs to be individualized. But taking a look at maybe eliminating snacks, eat more at your meals. Don't feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then if we're eating the right proportions of uh, proteins, fats, and carbs for our body, then we should be able to be satiated, I think, until the next meal. It takes time. It takes time to digest fats and proteins, especially. The fats, I believe, uh, might take the longest or the proteins. Either one, They're both of them take a longer t- amount of time than carbs, uh, from what I remember from learning food combining. Our hunger and satiating hormones um, are like, takes about 20 minutes for that gut brain relationship. And that's why I encourage that 20 minute meal because a lot of we spread it out. We have that satiation. We have that feelness of being full and we don't want any more versus if we scarf it down, they haven't had time to increase and and change those hormones to tell the brain that you're full. So you keep eating more. It's exactly right. Oh, that's a good point too. I'm just thinking after they eat that it takes time to digest all that food. It takes, uh, I think protein's about three to four hours, if I'm correct, at least a minimum versus something like a melon that digests in 15 minutes. <laughs> so it's, there's a long time. If you're eating like a, a, a square meal where you're having proteins and fats and um, maybe some carbs, but if you're eating all kinds of carbs, then you're going to have this insulin spike and then it's going to go down. And then within no time at all, you're going to be hungry again because it's digested so fast. So, but I like how you mentioned the 20 minute, because I was wondering how you got that number uh, 20 versus maybe an hour or 30 or 15. (laughs) So, so it takes about 20 minutes for our our gut to and brain to um, connect when we're eating our food and digesting it. Right. Yep. Um, and then the other, uh, to answer the other question, what hormones, you know, might have to do with metabolism. Um, your thyroid is a huge, you know, metabolizer, um, gauger, uh, organ that, you know, takes care of or messes up and, and is in charge of your uh, metabolism. Um, your thyroid is also in charge of a multitude of ha- things of symptoms of how you feel with your energy, um, sleep, dry skin, brittle hair, uh, brittle nails, thinning hair thinning outer third eyebrows could indicate that your your thyroid is on the lower end. Now, when I say thyroid is on the lower end, we're really looking at the active form of thyroid, which is your free T3. And that's one thing that a lot of providers I'm working with don't have a lot of education on. They're looking at what's called a TSH. Now, you know this, but for viewers, TSH is your thyroid stimulating hormone. It's a hormone that stimulates your thyroid to produce hormone. Mm -hmm. So it's not an active form. It's just, it's a thermostat. Your thyroid produces two different hormones. It produces approximately 80% of T4 and approximately about 10 to 20% of uh, T3. T4 is important for us to get through the blood-brain barrier, right, for our brain. Anything below the neck, if you care about it, heart health, metabolism, cells, energy, um, has to do with your T3, your free T3, your active T3. and how we get the majority of it because the thyroid produces so little is from the majority of our T4 converting 
to T3. Mm. All T4 is, is a, a thyroid hormone with four iodine molecules. Mm. And there's an enzyme that comes along and takes away one of those iodine molecules that converts it into T3, which is our active form. However, as we age, we lose that enzyme to convert. And a lot of times when patients do get prescribed a, form, a, a thyroid hormone, a lot of times they might be getting prescribed the wrong type. It could be a synthetic T4 product only, which eliminates the amount of T3 they're getting, which is, again, that active hormone. So a lot of times I'm educating and talking with providers about the literature, the studies that show the active form of T3, um, which is free T3, is where you're going to get the most benefit for feeling of, um, you know, again, energy, your metabolism thinning hair, brittle nails, dry skin, constipation. So when that is optimal, and optimal might mean something different for you, for me, for anybody else, um, optimal, not normal, that's when you're going to have the best benefits. And that's one question to ask a provider, you know, is my T3 optimal? I don't want to hear normal, you know, what is optimal? Mm -hmm. And there is no number that tells you what's optimal. It is clinical diagnosis, right, is how you feel and function. So having that good conversation with your provider who's prescribing it is going to do what's best for you. Okay. So aside from the enzyme depleting as we get older, what else have you found that affects the thyroid? Oh gosh, it could be other medications. It could be even allergy medications. It could be um, anything else that you're, you're taking and just toxins, you know, in general. Once uh, maybe it's some other... Um, it, it can be TPO or Hashimoto's, um, some autoimmune diseases, which really comes back to the gut, right? Back to getting rid of certain toxins or parasites um, along with eating the proper foods. And really, it's, it's again, what you eat, but what you absorb. So if we're absorbing a lot of outside toxins, if we're absorbing pesticides and foods, if we're not digesting and absorbing the good foods, then uh, we're not going to have good outcomes. Okay, so... You're basically saying that the thyroid is affecting all of our female or male hormones. So can you just kind of, um, in a nutshell, explain that, how, why that's affecting again? So the thyroid is obviously very important for all those reasons, right? So how is it connected to those female and male hormones? Um, yeah, let me clarify. Thyroid affects our metabolism. Um, it doesn't necessarily affect the outcome of our other hormones. So other things that contribute to weight gain or unexplained weight gain, a huge one is testosterone. And a lot of women don't think of needing testosterone. And actually in a woman's lifespan or lifetime, we actually produce more testosterone um, in total than we do estrogen. And testosterone is a huge promoter for fat burning or keeping, you know, um, weight loss. It's not a weight loss, um, medication or supplement, but it assists, um, dramatically with that. It increases and improves muscle, um, you know, tone. Um, it also helps with sleep and anxiety, depression, uh, joint pain. It's a lubricator. Um, so there's so many hormones, um, progesterone is another one, estradiol is another one, but, um, thyroid is huge on metabolism. Okay. So yeah. testosterone is another one that a lot of us don't think of. Um, and most of the time I think women think of hormones once we get to menopause, you know, um, when I was creeping into my forties, I wasn't thinking of needing hormones, um, because I wasn't menopausal and realizing that 
you know, testosterone in most women starts depleting in our 20s and especially with a couple pregnancy cycles and we can lose up to 50% of our testosterone by the time we hit age 40, that really kind of woke me up. I'm like, huh, I wonder where my levels are and what is optimal for me, not quote unquote normal or fits within this lab reference range. So I had got my labs done and drawn and my symptoms at that time were definitely more fatigue. You know, I was struggling in the afternoon, um, wasn't sleeping as well. I was more irritable. My joints started hurting. And when I had my testosterone optimized along with my thyroid optimized, um, those symptoms definitely improved. And the cool thing is when they're optimized and prescribed correctly in a human identical form, then you not only have and can receive symptom relief, but you're also protecting brain, bone, heart, breast, and human prostate. We're seeing reductions in uh, dementia and Alzheimer's disease, dementia in um, heart, heart health. Um, uh, number one killer in America is cardiovascular disease. We're seeing 60 to 70% reduction in breast cancer and reoccurrence and actually reverses osteopenia, osteoporosis, and reductions or reduced severity of prostate cancer. So it's very protective when you have optimized hormones um, in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So testosterone is a huge one that you're saying for women too is being decreased in starting in their twenties. And then, but what about estrogen? I mean, that's, isn't that the big thing that people talk about later in their. Uh, Absolutely. So one in seven premenopausal women will die of heart disease. That number goes up to one in three postmenopausally. What hormone do we lose in menopause? Well, progesterone and perimenopause, but we lose estrogen and menopause. I don't know why it's named menopause because there's no pausing. It's nothing you get through. Once you are in menopause, it's like menopause stop. Like you stop making it. There's no amount of diet exercise that will wake up your ovaries to start producing estrogen again, unless you supplement. So finding out the right time for you to implement estrogen um, is huge and estrogen is a lubricator as well. So not only, you know, vagina, but eyes, joints, you know, um, tendons, ligaments, um, it's a huge protector in heart, you know? So Mm -hmm. that is the number one kill in America. I come back to it again. And, uh, estrogen is a huge, huge protector of the heart too. Okay. So testosterone, you're saying, let me just recap this. So the thyroid has to do with the metabolism, which that makes sense. So if the person's thyroid is off, then obviously it's going to be harder to lose weight and keep it off. And then the testosterone has, uh, I'm sorry, metabolism. So thyroid has to do with metabolism. And then the testosterone you're, you're talking about has to do with weight loss and then estrogen. So are you saying that estrogen also has to do um, with weight as well? Or what, what is the co- correlation with weight and estrogen? It can. So too little estrogen can correlate with weight gain and too much estrogen can correlate with weight gain. So it's finding what's optimal for you as an individual, which is key and finding the right provider who knows how to optimize hormones individually. Mm-hmm. So not one, sorry, blanket answer for that, but um, yes, uh, it could definitely help when all your hormones are optimized for you specifically, you're going to have the best outcomes. Okay. Well, it's, it goes back to biohacking. I mean, it's really that fine tuning and, um, you know, there's so much that I always talk about the cell core detox, um, because that's a huge foundation of what I do and, um, what, what I work with with cell core. 
it takes out a lot of the junk that is causing all this stuff, um, these imbalances. But then there's that fine tuning where um, maybe the body just doesn't make as much of certain hormone naturally because you're older or X, Y, Z. You know what I'm also curious is, and actually before I get into that, I wanted to say that what I would say to answer the question would, in what respect to what you said is it's all about balance. It's about, um, and that's why I say biohacking is because we can't be one end of the extreme or the other in anything that we are, whatever it is, testosterone, estrogen, uh, thyroid hormones, we want it to be in that, that homeostasis. So we talk, I talk a lot about the chemicals and toxins and the deficiencies in getting the homeostasis, but as well as, I mean, the hormones are very important with that too. So to reiterate, so cell core is a great foundation of getting rid of all the junk of, of the toxins and infections, dealing with deficiencies. Um, but now we're talking about the fine tuning of what do we do with our hormones? So my question now is when we are older, when we're aging, um, sometimes a lot of us don't really want to think about that, but, (laughs) but we are getting older at some point. If we're naturally losing something like estrogen or testosterone, let's just say minus all the toxins and stuff in the environment. I, I think almost for some people, it might sound a little bit strange to add more of those those hormones in. I don't know. Is that is that a weird weird idea to think about? Uh, common also to dispel some myths. You know, in my speaking presentations, a lot of times I'll ask people who have heard of cancer or excuse me, um, hormones. You know, causing cancer, and uh, there's literature out there that proves that. Yes, has anybody heard of hormones that prevent or reduce risk of cancer? I'm like, yes, there's literature on that. So what the hell? I mean, excuse me, what you know what? what damn- <laughs> And if we don't, what the heck are we to do? Well, you've got to ask the better question. Um, when you say hormones, it's, it's a huge umbrella. The second question is, which hormones are you talking about? And then the third question to ask is, what delivery? What method of delivery? So to back up one, you have synthetic hormones, which are not what our body has been making or used to our entire life since we've been in the womb. That can attach to the same receptor site, unleash some benefits to reduce the symptoms of hot flashes and things that we're looking at, but you're left over with this gunk, these synthetic forms that our body doesn't know how to metabolize. And then you get the outcomes of stroke or dementia or, you know, breast cancer that we've heard and and the scary things about, again, hormones, that is synthetic hormones or progestins. Right. Bioidentical, human identical, meaning hormones that are actually the exact same that our bodies have been using and have been high through puberty and, and, you know, mid twenties. That's the type of hormone we're looking at replacing, the identical structure. So your body can attach to the same receptor site, unleash the benefits, metabolize it the way it knows exactly what to do with it and how to then get rid of it. So those are the main two mm-hmm. differences in, you know, when you're looking at hormones. Yeah, that's a good point. Synthetic versus natural. I, I like to use glandulars, which are all natural too for hormones. But yeah, I mean, the point is that we want something that's that our body receives as food basically and natural that it can work with. Right, right. And then you've got different delivery methods. You know, you've got injections and creams and patches and pellets um, and trochies and oral pills. So looking at which delivery method is going to work right for you, that, you know, that individual um, absorption rates, um, everything that goes into that and finding out, again, what's going to be most beneficial for you is, is key as well. Okay. So I'm just wondering though, 
if we go back to before we have before time right now and before all the 80,000 plus chemicals in the environment, I mean, would we be in our 50s or 60s and naturally have more of these hormones being made? What do you think? Possibly, but if you go back, we didn't live that long. We didn't live that long in andropause or menopause. The natural age of dying was within a decade of that. And now we've figured out how to live longer, but now we've also figured out how to live longer and feel like crap longer. <laughs> so the, I don't know anybody who just wants to live like crap longer, right? longer life, but we want better quality of life. Mm-hmm. So it's looking at now, how do we live that almost second half, almost majority of our life in menopause or andropause and how do we get that quality of life back how do we extend the quality of life along with you know the time of life so it's a great question because a lot of times people are like well did we not need this long to get long ago and like well we didn't live that long long ago and we didn't it didn't become an, an issue and that's where a lot of you see the heart disease has climbed as well because the longevity of life has increased too mm-hmm. yeah well if we're talking um you know i like to read the bible and in the beginning I mean, they talked about people living to almost a thousand years old. It's really hard to believe, but I kind of think that our bodies can live way longer than what we even can comprehend at this point. I mean, if we're not damaging our body with all the abundance of toxins and, and not having that, but also, I mean, I guess if we are, we, no matter this point in day age, we have this, right? So getting it out is going to be key if people do want to live longer and want to live that more fulfilling life. So. I can't help but think that we should be able to live to 100, 110, 20, et cetera. If, if we are maximizing our body's potential, would you agree? I would agree. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't live in that type of world, you know, as before. <laughs> so it would be interesting to go back and be able to do some, uh, you know, examinations and tests and things like that to see. But if we, again, it, it comes back to our choices, our healthy habits, you know, the choice at the end of your fork, the choice on exercise or not, the choice on your outlook on life, you know, it's such a mental thing. Again, it's not just one thing. Right. Um, someone that sees, you know, this whole, we're at the you know COVID time. And yes, there's a lot of things we can stress out about and look about and think about and worry about. And I'm not discrediting that, but also there's a lot of positivity we can look at. So right. every situation in life, whether it's a change in job or just a change in your role at work or uh, family situations, you know, looking at the positive, you will find what you look for. Right. And I think in a positive or a negative. And the more mindset we can be in this positive, calming, relaxing state, the better off a lot of things will be. So it really comes back down to choices, turning those choices into beliefs, turning those beliefs into habits. And then that just kind of trickles on and forward because we instill. And, you know, if you, if you think of one thing, if you think something's going to work, if you think it's, it's not going to work, you're right. Right. So you will find your actions will then dictate your thoughts and those actions then become beliefs because you proved that it didn't work. And then that reinforces your first thought. <laughs> so yeah. change that, you know, I think is, is key. And what I talk about through my program as well on our coaching um, calls, how do we turn that behavior into positive thoughts and stop being so critical on ourselves where I think we're our own worst critic mm-hmm. and how we, um, you know, do one thing is how we do everything. So it's not so judgmental, maybe on ourselves, but be more of the curious thought. Mm-hmm. 
instead of saying, Oh, I'm so bad. Why did I do that? Mm -hmm. Well, why did I do that? You know, or what are my other options or what else might work? Because your brain will not kind of rest until it has an answer. So if it's a negative question, Oh, why am I so fat? Well, you're going to think of all these answers or how can I get rid of this fat? How can I be more um, Mm -hmm. healthy? Then your brain's going to think of ways to be more healthy. So change it and you'll get a better answer. Yeah. Yeah. So is that the, your biggest way of how you overcome old habits is changing your thoughts? That's one looking at our behaviors initially and why they formed that way. Because every habit, when we put a label on it, good or bad, every habit has a good intention. It may not be the best choice or outcome, but it has a good intention. Now, whether that's, um, gosh, take emotional eating for one reason or for one example, we have an emotional eating because we're stressed or we're sad or we're lonely or whatever it might be, right? We're looking to soothe. And usually when we go to the kitchen, we're eating something, it soothes us and increases that, that, you know, dopamine hormone or, or feel good benefit. And then we feel like crap, even worse, but we were trying to soothe. So trying to figure out what other things we can do, what do you really need right now? Is it that food? Is it, you know, that gallon of ice cream? <laughs> is it? And sometimes maybe the answer is yes. And you've got to be okay with that too. But finding out, figuring out what truly is it that I need right now. Maybe it's sleep. You know, sometimes we increase our our hunger because we're not sleeping well. Is it a little more, is it a brisk walk around the block? Is it just some breathing techniques? Because we breathe so shallow throughout the day. Mm. All these little different choices that you can make, become more aware and figuring out the choices and options you have and then deciding from there. That's really beautiful how you say it's all about your, your, that your attentions, I should say, are, are usually, you know, for a positive reason. And if we think about it in that way, then even if it's a bad decision we're making as a result, then I think it can really help be, um, people be able to look at the situation in a little bit different way so that they can make a better decision as well and acknowledge that there is a need there. There's a need that needs to be fulfilled. I think naturally we're, we are always trying to achieve that homeostasis in our life. We just might not realize that you know, this healthy food is going to fulfill this need that is there, or this, uh, having a coach is going to fulfill that, that specific need that's there or, or getting rid of a certain toxin is going to fulfill whatever that is that the root is and, and what they need. So the beauty of, um, what you and, and what I do too, is really just figuring out what is that healthy thing that they're, what is that? What is that need that they're searching for? Why, why are they, you know, we're talking about the, the um, emotional eating. Why are they pulling out that gallon of ice cream, right? Is it because they um, don't have friends? Maybe they don't have uh, friends that can, you know, give them comfort. So that's why they pull that out. Maybe it's because there is that chemical release that they're looking for. And maybe, you know, with dealing with their toxic load and then supplementing with certain types of amino acids that help build those neurotransmitters, maybe they'll find they don't even care about that anymore because now their chemical needs are being met. So, I mean, I think that's, that's really beautiful again, how we think about our situation, why we even get into it in the first place. There's, there's a reason even relationship wise, let's take that. Like people get in toxic relationships. Why? Right. People want love and and maybe they don't understand. Maybe they think that's love because their family taught them in that way. And, uh, you know, maybe they, they abuse them or whatever it was. And that's what they, they think is love. And that's what they're going to get from love. So bring up a really 
point I'll touch on. So let's talk about toxic relationships and then I'll, I'll leave you with this um, or to wrap up. But what we have survived in the past, our body is meant to survive in any situation, right? It is a self type of survival, last resort thing to protect the body, right? To, to let us survive. So if you're in a toxic relationship, whether that is work or at home or, um, you know, with a spouse or significant other, going through that, your body re- is realizing you're surviving. And if you figure out that that's not what you want anymore, and let's say you get out of that relationship, but then here comes a new relationship and you find yourself, why did I get right back in what I was trying to leave before? Well, your brain that, you know, I call it a critter brain that tells your body, we've survived this before. I know how to survive it. It's not fun, but I can survive it. If I go to something that's unknown, like a loving relationship or positive feedback, I don't know what to do with that. And as even though that's what I want, just like we can relate this to someone who has been obese or overweight and wants a fitter, you know, healthier body, it's still that unknown. My body doesn't know mm-hmm. how to handle that. How will I handle the attention? How will I handle the outcome? How will I handle, um, you know, the ongoing? And it's an unknown. So our body, without even knowing it sometimes, if we're not aware, will put us right back in that same situation because it's survivable. And I know I survived it before, so I can survive it again. I don't know about this environment. So I'm going to go with what I know. So that's where a lot of times even, gosh, you can relate to so many things. If you're starting a new business, if you're mm-hmm. wanting to try something new that oh, I'm not good enough, or I, um, I'm not sure if I can do it, or I don't know that much. I'm not that smart. So many things pull us back because it's the unknown and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is a hard thing to do. But as long as we're more aware about it, small baby steps, we can start creeping into actually getting what we want. Yeah. So it's a defense mechanism, basically. And mm-hmm. when people find themselves in these toxic situations over and over again, we find, okay, so we first started with the ice cream idea, but what about all the other drugs and alcohol and et cetera, that people start to pick up as habits because now they're trying to numb those other situations that are not being dealt with that keep creating this spiral, this downward spiral. So this is why we always talk about on the podcast that we have to look at the whole picture. I mean, we're mind, a body, a spirit. So if we don't, try to figure out why we're doing a certain type of habit and that, you know, which like you said, can be the reason why we do all the other types of habits that we do, you know, then we're not going to be able to make long lasting changes with even our health, our weight, our hormones, et cetera, anything healthy in life. So it's really about looking and finding those roots, which I, I hope that you guys can get from, you know, from this talk today. So is there anything else, Julie, you want to mention? I love it. Thank you so much. And I guess I'll leave you with this. When you were talking about, you know, medications and, and alcohol, things that we try to soothe with, um, sometimes we're going for that prescription to look at something that we do have control with and that we can change. And I, you know, I believe a woman's anxiety or depression isn't because we're Prozac deficient. <laughs> I believe that poor sleep, um, you know, isn't because we're low on Lunesta. And definitely that I believe belly fat or harder to lose weight is not because we ran out of phenamine. You know, I believe that everybody has a choice and an option to be able to empower themselves and to be able to be the healthiest and happiest they can definitely be. So thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. And, and I just also want to wrap up too with, this is why it's important to find someone that can help you too, because it's very, it can be very scary on the other side. 
even if it's the good result that you're looking for, sometimes people lose a lot of weight and then they're scared of being that person because again, it's that fear of the unknown. So someone that can help you navigate that process, whether it's losing weight or trying to get healthy in any other way, um, I think is very, is very key to being able to have success in, in, in any area of your life. So thank you for what you do, Julie. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with hormones and metabolism and diet, et cetera. So can you tell the listeners where they can find you and a little bit about your program and the, the discount that they're offering? Yeah, um, you can go to ProHealthShare.com if you're looking at the Lose Belly Fat 21 Day Reset Cleanse. Uh, I believe you're putting it in the show notes, but mm-hmm. you can go to ProHealthShare.com forward slash health dash app forward slash the wellness trinity. And what this cleanse is, we're starting a new group on July 11th. It's a three-week program, but there's four coaching calls. Um, You'll get a guidebook. You'll get a handout. It has recipes, shopping guides, what to do, cleansing activities, what to eat, what not to eat. Um, But we also do four coaching calls. And that is a prep week. You know, what are we doing? How do we prepare? What are we going into? We coach on an elimination week, um, which is just seven days of eliminating. Um, We coach on a reintroduction week and figuring out what foods are right to, for you. And then the last coaching call is, okay, now what? What's on the go forward? And that's where I talk about my four bonuses you'll also get of my big movement menu and workout guide, um, a four-day energy experiment and my magic plate. What does that look like? Um, solutions to sugar cravings, and then also how to indulge your sweet tooth. And then the coolest thing I like is that you get an individual app. You get an app on your phone that we can text one-on-one along with our group coaching calls, Facebook group um, support group as well. And that app helps you track um, because if we can't inspect, we can't expect. Mm -hmm. And that's part of getting into this habit is figuring out what we're doing and how we're feeling. So it tracks what you eat, maybe water intake, exercise, sleep, also elimination. What does that look like? Um, how you're feeling. And it has everything in my guidebooks in that specific app as well. So July 11th, um, if they're interested, and again, they can go to prohealthshare.com forward slash health dash app forward slash the wellness trinity. All right. And you said they'll, they'll get 10% off. Yes. And they'll, if they use that link, then they'll get an automatic 10% off. Um, the price original is $4.47 for one person or $4.97 for you and a buddy. And I encourage that. I did that huge discount um, plus the 10% because if you have that girlfriend or that best bud or doing something with somebody, not that we don't kind of try to formulate in our group and, and our community, but you're much more likely to follow through and it feels good to have a friend to do it with you. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree that support system, a healthy support system at least is so key in people's success in in any area of your life, especially when you're trying to make these diet changes and toxic lifestyle changes, et cetera, that you're helping people with. So thank you again, Julie, for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. I, I, I love your knowledge and your wisdom about hormones and how people need to be aware of that and, and the symptoms and just knowing them in general. So knowing what type of questions to ask and and being aware that that could be what's affecting other areas of their life too and trying to find root causes of why those are even messed up in the first place. So thanks again for coming on the show. And having me and all that you do as well. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So thank you listeners as well. We will return again next week and I appreciate you guys so much. Take care. I hope you got a lot of nuggets from that episode. There's just so much to learn as a woman and helping balance our body and 
and be able to give life to a newborn and raise these healthy children. And, and then, of course, we don't want to get wrinkles when we grow old. And a lot of us are losing our mind and are losing our joints. I mean, there's so much. And then on top of that, then there's weight loss. Have you ever thought about, man, it'd be so much easier to be able to lose weight if I did not crave that cake every day or some other bad thing like cookies, etc. Well, we have Gluco Optimizer. So along with your cell core protocol, you can add the Gluco Optimizer in to help balance your blood sugar, help fight those cravings. And you'll see here, there's a lot of other things it does. It protects against heart disease. It helps increase muscle mass. Now, as a woman, you might think, I don't want to have big muscles, but I'm one that doesn't have big muscles and I work out all the time and lift a lot of weight. Lean muscle keeps you thin. So with that and the combination of something like Gluco Optimizer, weight loss is going to be a lot easier nowadays, you guys. All right, ladies, I hope you enjoyed that show again. Go ahead and check out Gluco Optimizer so you can optimize your weight loss program. Thank you for listening to the Wellness Trinity Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more wellness tips to help you achieve optimal health. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.